0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1370, where Roger from Green Flower Botanicals talks about CBD oil and anxiety. And then for our main tip, Sinead Halpin gets together with Glenn the Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network, to talk about finding the right trainer. <laughs>
0: And now our own Dr. Wendy Ying speaks with Roger from Greenflower Botanicals in a series we call CBD Oil 101.
2: Well, in our continuing series about CBD oil, we're going to talk about how we can use CBD oil to treat anxiety. That's such a huge problem in people and in our pets and horses. So Roger, how how can we use CBD oil to help us deal with our everyday stresses in life?
3: First of all, that's probably the number one uh, reason, uh, at least we see people purchasing CBD oil from um, our website and different outlets, is for relief of anxiety, whether it's a person or it's um, separation anxiety or storm anxiety in pets or arena anxiety in horses. And just the way CBD works uh, with the central nervous system and, and the brain, it just really is a very effective uh, angiolytic uh, in the way that it works uh, with just literally no side effects. And, and again, the other good thing about CBD, not only does it have this wonderful, really calming, stabilizing effect, but unlike some people, know CBD and marijuana are kind of tied in together. Um, but unlike that, there's absolutely no intoxicating effect. There's no sedative effect. So it's not making you groggy or sleepy. So you're fully alert. Uh, you're just really more balanced and just a sense of uh, control and so forth and so on. So again, it's a it's a wonderful product. Can't recommend it uh, highly enough when it comes to anxiety related issues.
2: Yeah, you know it's it's hard to treat anxiety um, and behavior issues, especially in our animals, without using something that sedates them. So this is such a great uh, alternative so, so that they can keep their wits about them and still uh, reach their top athletic performance and keep their brilliance, but can be more relaxed and be the horse they are at home when you're at the shows. <laughs> they can be like the horse you know, and you know they could be. Mm-hmm.
3: So yeah, um, absolutely. that's, that's yeah, great. It, you know, it helps thank- them learn. Oh, go ahead. That's the other thing. It calms them down, which then helps them learn mm-hmm. and uh, oh, and right. perform.
2: Yeah, and when you're nervous, everybody knows you forget a lot of things. You know, like your memory doesn't work, and you you make some mistakes. So this is a great way to relax the, your yourself if you get show nerves, or your animals, and they can be at their peak performance. So Roger, Absolutely. where can people find out more about uh, Green Flower Botanical Products?
3: Sure. Just go over to GreenflowerBotanicals.com to see all of our products there and also a lot of really great information to help you learn more about it and how to choose products and how to dose and everything like that. And as well, we have a special coupon for HRN listeners. If you use coupon code HRN, you'll save 20% off your first order with us.
0: If you show your horses, please check with your federation on the legal use of CBD oil. Today, we are very excited to have back with us, uh, from our stable of experts, Sinead Halpin. Sinead Halpin is an international eventer and has been riding the advanced level since 1999. She excels in training uh, young horses and bringing those with talent successfully through the ranks of the sport. Well, hi, Sinead. Welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. It's always fun to have you on. (laughs)
4: Always fun to be
0: here. You know we have a problem. Yeah, we have a problem when we uh, when we chat with each other, and and that's we we chat with each other and we just get going and we don't stop. So I apologize ahead of time to all our listeners because if we get off the track, you're just gonna have to put up with it because we just like talking. So, (laughs) all right, today, what do you have for us today?
4: Um, Well, I just thought we'd chat a little bit about. you know, how to get proper training, proper lessons. A lot of times, the the three things I hear from people all the time is that they're either too far away from anybody, quote-unquote, good to get good help, they don't have enough time to get help, or they don't have enough money to get help. You, you um, know, and, and there are definitely a ways around that.
0: <laughs> you know, Sinead, it's funny you said that first one, uh, because I had uh, Jane Savoy on, the we had mm-hmm. her on the Stable Scoop show a while back and she said it's funny I hear everywhere I go that there's no good trainers in my area and she said I've heard that everywhere in the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. You know mm, th- there's, it, yeah there's always no good trainers right around you. Isn't that amazing how that works?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is
4: amazing. But there and then, I mean there is there, there are certain places that that are you'll have the best trainers all within 10 miles of each other That's and true. then everybody's yep. kind of fighting for it. And then you got you do have, have places where it's eight hours to to a good a good coach, but um, if you put a little if you put a little work into it, you can get it done.
0: <laughs> right, right.
4: Um. So I mean, it, with the distance thing, we'll just start there since we're on that. You know, there's a couple of different ways that it, it may take a little bit more organiz- organization. It may take a little bit more scheduling, but a couple of things that. You can do is that if you're say you're an if you're an event rider or any other discipline, normally if you're that far away from, from coaches and trainers, you're also that far away from the big events, from the big shows. Um, and so what I would suggest doing is is scheduling out your season and trying to find. And this is sometimes easier said than done because of different work schedules or school schedules. But trying to find a week before your competition um, and and find a trainer around your competition because most of the time these events, there is a local trainer, there is a local person there. That is quite good. Um, Find a week before that event and see if you can get there, even three days before the competition and have three days of lessons, do your competition, and then go home. Um, that's a good way to, you're already going to have to travel a bit to get to the event and you're already going to have to reschedule some things to get there. So you might, if you could give yourself two, three days a week, something like that, a lot of times that's a way to get, add in a couple of more lessons before your actual competition. And then your coach, that quote unquote coach that's helping you can see you actually in action can send you home with some tips to work on until the next event. So that's a good way. Um, to get that done. Another thing that you can do if you're far away is so many of these coaches and trainers do clinics. And just because they haven't set a clinic up in your area doesn't mean that they won't. Um, you, I don't know one event rider that, that would turn down a clinic (laughs) that if you picked up the phone and you said, Hey, I'm, I can get two days of, you know, eight lessons, or maybe even just one full day of lessons, um, organized for you to come out here. Could I, could you fly out here? And a lot of times with that, you can organize enough lessons that you almost get your own lessons paid for. Um, And you can set those up four times a year, five times a year, six times a year. Um, However, you know, depending on the clinician, depending if you want to get different people in and out, and that's another good way. Um, It's not every week, but it's certainly better than not having lessons at all.
0: Right, and you know, Um, clinics are a good thing, and and coaches do love to do clinics because they can get so much more done in a day or two days than they could scattering appointments here and there.
4: Completely, completely. And when you're getting in there and you're seeing someone for the first time, it, you almost see a more true picture of what actually is going on. And, you'll, and it's amazing how quickly you can kind of nip in there and see what's going on, and then give the person a plan to work on. And then say they make an, you know, then say this person wants to come out to your place a week before a, com- a competition. Then you already have a bit of a relationship, and you can work from there. Um, so that's a good a good thing to figure out with your if distance is a problem. Good um yeah so, so, and then the other thing um is certainly um is time um is having the time to get the help and and the the quick way to get in there and do that is. And, and again, it, hopefully in your area, if there are some trainers, is to base yourself with a trainer. Um, again, that's something a lot of people don't think about doing. They keep their horse with a, at a boarded facility, and then they have to pack the horse up, trailer it over an hour or you know half an hour over to their coaches once a week, take a lesson, and it turns into quite an afternoon. Um, a lot of coaches will have an overflow barn, will have some extra stalls, will have something where you could actually pay them just for the board um, and ride your horse out there and figure out when they're riding their horses, set up a lesson schedule, and it's a little bit more of an intense training situation. There's a lot of people, I know when I was um, getting into it a little bit more seriously, uh, up at David and Karen O'Connors. that's what a lot of the students would do, is that they had a student barn, and the students would come up, whether it was for the summer or for the whole year round, and they would basically have, they would do the care of their own horses. They'd pay for a dry stall. they do all the care, but they were based in that, they were submerged in the program of David and Karen. So, they sorted out their lessons on the property. They could come and watch David and Karen ride. Everybody was riding around each other. And it was a really cool way um, to spend a summer or if you're, you know, if you're a young enough and up-and-coming rider or to even a lot of the adult amateurs could come for a week or come for two weeks and do the same thing. They would self-care their own horse on the property and, and just kind of submerge themselves in somebody else's training program. Um, and if you don't have the time, like if you're working or whatnot, you put your horse into. The, the full board there, and then obviously your horse and your trainer are always just two seconds away. Um, so whenever there's a, a spare moment, your trainer is normally there all the time anyway, so you can pop out and see if you can sort something out. So that's another thing as far as time is concerned. Great. Um, yeah, and the third one is money. <laughs> yeah. lessons are expensive. <laughs> um, lessons are. I mean, depending on the area, they can range anywhere from fifty dollars an hour to one hundred and seventy-five dollars an hour, depending on the person and the area. Um, but that is certainly no reason um, not to get help. Uh, I remember Karen O'Connor sitting me down one day when I was having a fit because I couldn't afford all the lessons, and she said, "The first thing people give up when they run out of, of money is their lessons, and that's the last thing they should give up." And at that moment, she—you know—don't expect this all the time—but she tore my bill up in front of me, did it pro bono. And said, All right, you know, I'll take your fourth firstborn (laughs) You know, but you need to keep you need to keep paying. You haven't paid
0: that one off yet, Uh have you? (laughs)
4: <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I don't think I'll be paying that one off for a while, hopefully. <laughs> I know, she got suckered into that one, didn't she? <laughs> um, since then I, I've, had to, I've had to pay for one or two lessons.
0: <laughs> you know, out of curiosity, uh, to, not to get you off your tip here, but just out of curiosity, yeah. have you seen with the economy a reduction in people taking lessons? Has that affected you as a as a coach and trainer?
4: You know, it has not too much. I um, mean, you always think that the, the horse sport is a different world. I mean, yeah, it literally
0: is. is. People are addicted. <laughs> yep.
4: Yeah, people. People are addicted. I mean, I think you find a lot more people going down your working student routes, going down your route of of the barter system is a beautiful thing. Um, and so, I've had a lot of people kind of come and say, "Okay, I can only take this many lessons a month or a week, or can I can I do some work for you and work off this lesson? Maybe I could help do your billing, and you could teach me a lesson, something like that." Um, and that that I see a lot of. I noticed you, you haven't you haven't that asked
0: that for crazy. any firstborn children then, right? You, they, you, <laughs> no
4: way. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> um, I know First-born kid. You keep it till it's five. When that's that's, right. When get that's exactly They're right. That's they they about the that's age I want to start, start putting... dealing
0: with them. So.
4: <laughs> yeah, and then by seven they can be working students, right? So that's, that's right. You can put them to work
0: <laughs> somewhere on the farm. They can clean stalls at seven. <laughs>
4: Exactly. Exactly. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. With, so with that in in mind, there are a lot of trainers that would happily like if you could work one or two days a week, even mucking out stalls, doing something like that. Then you could get your lessons paid off. Working students, there, everybody does working students. Well, not everybody, but most people do working students, where you can come and you can work off your. Um, your horse's board, you can work off your lessons, and a lot of times your accommodation. You don't get a salary, um, but for younger people that, you know, taking a year off from school, things like that, whose parents still help them out a little bit, um, or can can work a different job, you know, work at a restaurant at night or something to make some extra cash, that's a really good route to go because, again, you're submerged in a situation. You don't have the, the outgoing cost of your rent and your horse's board and your lessons. Um and normally you can get three to four lessons a week plus riding a couple of other horses. I mean I I was working student for God uh, I think every summer from fifteen, sixteen, seventeen and then for two years, um after high school.
0: I think almost and every it was really Yeah, who did you work with?
4: Um, I was working student for Stuart Black for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, and then once I, I finished that, I went and I decided to ride with David and Karen, but I didn't want to do the working student thing anymore, so I galloped racehorses in the morning, and I was a waitress at night, and I had um, three or four or five horses, depending on who who was sending them, um, during the day, and, wow. and it worked great. You yeah, slept was, well then, really,
0: didn't
4: was, you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. My mom thought this was great. It kept me out of yeah, trouble. Yeah, there I'll were no boys that, in your <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of gelding. <laughs> 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 this <is> about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know like in, in these areas that's the thing is that there are so many if if, you, if you're willing to kind of move to an area like middleburg like pennsylvania like new jersey there are i mean it is just a mecca of all different types of sports i mean i wrote fox hunters i mean it's all there's tons of different things you can do to get you know freelancing to get some cash in hand so that then you can just pay for your lessons outright um, other things that you can do are um, scribe at Events. I mean, everybody at these horse trials is desperate for scratch all the time. You sit, and sit in the, the car with the judge for a couple of hours, it's amazing what you'll learn. Um, and, and other things, that training sessions um, for the A team, the B team, the developing rider teams, those are open to the public. All you have to do is hop on the USDA website and see when they are and where they are, and you can come all day and watch Mark Phillips teach the, the best riders in our country for free. There's no audit fee, nothing. I was going to say, um, that's, the one, and
0: that, that's the one clinic where there's no audit fee.
4: No, there's not, no audit fee. You just go, and you get to go to a beautiful venue. I know um, this past one was at David and Karen's Farm, and you can sit there as long as you want. You can get a schedule of who's riding when, and it's pretty amazing. It's something that people don't realize and take advantage of, that they can actually go. I think there's a slight intimidation factor, but you know, come out, bring some, some water, and watch all day. That's that's a really other cool thing you can do. Also at these clinics where a little intimidation factor comes on is that all these clinicians, even if you can't afford the clinic, they need their jump set. <laughs> they need somebody in the ring raising the right. jump, putting the jump down, moving the jump. And that is, you are right next to the coach the whole time, listening the whole time. And a lot of times people are scared to get up in the ring and do it. And it is the best place to be. And your clinician will be so appreciative because they're busy watching and teaching and moving the fences around is just a distraction. Whereas you can be out there, again, get soaking up the information for, for very little
0: dollar Well, great. Well, I Um, think there's a lot. I think there were probably a dozen tips right there um, that everybody can... Again,
4: the the talking problem. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) No, that was wonderful. So where can people learn more about you?
4: Um, Well, I have a website. It's uh, Um, and And it's kind of all there.
1: And that about wraps it up, everybody. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of Green Flower Botanicals and listeners like you. Learn how you can help support Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for auditors-only perks by going to Horse Tip Daily and clicking on the Become an Auditor Banner. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show.